Welcome to A Court of Transformation and Awakening. I'm Lori Gray. And I'm Amanda Grace Harrison. And today we are discussing A Court of Thorns and Roses, chapters 14 and 15. Okay, so we ended chapter 13 realizing she was about to take some action. (laughs) And here we get to see it. Chapter serial. Yes, so in chapter 14 we see her go to trap this real yeah which is i mean bold move bold move yeah Vera. desperate measures because she's desperate for answers so then i isn't getting any yeah yeah so this this is this is a bold move for her to do this um so one of the things that i marked early on was so she she's got everything ready and now she's waiting and while she's waiting she's kind of thinking and she has the same thought that we were kind of talking about in the last episode of like do they get tired of it always being the spring like don't they want the seasons would they like the cycles do they go visit other courts so she's thinking about like do they get tired of this every day um and she said i'd probably want to do more than lurk about a manor house too like you know if i were immortal i might want some variation and then we have a little foreshadowing here she's like i still hadn't worked up the nerve to make the request that had crept into the back of my mind when i saw the mural and i don't know it just made me think of the same this theme that we're seeing like sprinkled throughout of knowing what we want asking for what we want being willing to accept help on the journey and at this point, she's almost like, I kind of know what I want, but I'm not brave enough to ask for it. Yeah. And or asking for it might make me look however to these people. Um, yeah. So she's not quite brave enough to to make her request yet, but she's getting there. And I think that's yeah. okay. Like, it's yeah. always a, it's always a progression, right? The planted. Right? Now it needs to germinate and grow and become a There's plant. There's a baby. There's a baby step on that journey. Yeah. Um, okay, but bigger picture. This isn't actually like a passage, but I was thinking about this idea of like I'm gonna go trap the cereal. So she realizes like there's information that she doesn't have, and she's taking really bold action to figure out the answers to this thing that she doesn't know. Um, and so I was sitting there like thinking about this for myself about spaces in my life where I lack information or I lack knowledge or I lack know-how or there's a thing that I don't know how to do. Now, on the one hand, there's a bunch of stuff that I don't need to know how to do. Like, I don't need to know how to operate a forklift at this point or how to knit. Like, I don't care about either of those things. Like, it's fine. There's plenty of stuff that I don't know how to do that doesn't affect me. But there are some things that I don't know how to do. And I'm like, what's our relationship to the process of gaining information that we lack? Hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> just just going to come right out and say, I don't like it. I struggle. I struggle with it. Um, but, it, you know, but I know it's because of what I make it mean about myself. And I think this is like hmm. probably similar to favorite too. It's like, if I don't know the thing already, that means I'm somehow lacking Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense like here's a thing i've not yet learned about and then that means there's something wrong with me i'm like no no no. every person that knows anything there was a point when they didn't know it and then they learned it and that's how they know it now that's how it works for 
every human. That's how learning works as a whole. And yet those of us who have this negative self-talk, who already are inclined to think there's something wrong with us, something like, here's the thing I haven't learned yet is like, see? Yeah. Well, because see? it's it's you're literally ignorant of it. You don't know. But being ignorant doesn't mean you're a moron. It just means you literally don't know how to do that thing yet. Like you, That's just the, right. dic- the dictionary definition of ignorant. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. And this is one of those things where it's the part two where, you know, it's like we have a thought, but it's it's like what's the what's the thought that follows up? It's like I don't know how to do this. Okay, that's so neutral and like factual. Yeah. But then what's what's the thought afterwards? And I'm excited to learn how or like – and that means I'm worthless. You know, there's yeah. so many there's so many options to the part two of here's this thing that I don't know how to do. Um, are you familiar with Carol Dweck's work on like growth mindset versus fixed mindset? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if any of our listeners are not, um, I I love this book. Um, so Carol Dweck, she was a researcher, and she had she set out to do a research project on how different groups of people dealt with failure. She's like, okay, this group of people, they fail and it seems to really devastate them. And then there's this group of people and they fail and it doesn't seem to. Like, what's the difference between the way these two groups deal with failure? And then her entire thesis was blown out of the water, like her like theory was shattered and wrecked and she had to start over because what she found was this other group that in her mind was like, they deal with failure well they weren't even labeling it as failure. They're like, no, 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 this is just learning. This is Mm. just growth. This is how it works. And so she, this theory of like a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset where fixed fixed mindset people have this belief belief of, you know, we'll just go with intelligence, like that I'm smart or I'm not smart. And how I do in this scenario is going to prove it one way or the other. And almost leads to not engaging in new things because it might prove that we're not smart. For sure versus growth mindset people who it's like, well, if I get it right the first time, I didn't learn a thing at all. Like, where's the fun in that? Where's the challenge? And it's only interesting to them if they try it and they can't do it because that's how they learn more. That's how they grow. That's how they expand. Okay. I'm in awe of growth mindset people because I am, I'm going to say am. (laughs) I am working to shift out of this most of my life, I will say a thousand percent fixed mindset yeah and i see you know and i look back and i look at different things where i'm like i only i participated in sports that i was already good at i participated in activities that i knew i could succeed at i wasn't looking for the challenge i wasn't looking for the thing that might stretch me because the way that my mind worked if i didn't succeed then it was going to mean that i was an idiot and i was stupid so i had to only do things that continued to support the idea that I do know enough, which again was really born out of the fear that maybe I don't. Right. But looking at this to be like, oh, here's this thing that I don't know and I'm willing to do what it takes to figure it out. As opposed to it's like, I don't know what this thing is and how do I just make sure that nobody ever figures out that I don't know it. <laughs> just never go close to it. Right. And then no one will know. Just avoid it. Yeah, that's that's a big part of where my avoiding things both came from and took me as well. I've, I remember when I first started learning about growth mindset, I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is why I only do things that I know. And then if you know in advance that you're going to be really good at it, 
it's just it, it it would be really nice to have that that learner mentality and like enjoy the challenge of things because obviously you evolve more and grow more the more things you learn and okay. allow yourself to be bad at in the beginning but if you never allow yourself to try things that you're going to be bad at having kids helps because then like you're, you know you're going to be like when they're small enough you're like well i know i'm going to be better than them so <laughs> I can try it at the toddler level. And then that way, by the time they're older, then I'll be able to do it maybe at a comparable to a five-year-old and a 10-year-old level. So that does help. But I I definitely am guilty of the same. Like, I just won't try it if I'm not 100% sure that I can ace it in the first time out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think part of this, and I'm not sure this is, this is again, off the cuff, but the, the idea of... I think some of this comes from the way like school systems are set up, you know, when I was a public school kid and it was like, here's this standardized test and we're going to come from this and either you're smart or you're not smart. And I, I do think there was a measure of that that was, I don't know how much of it was actually presented that way and how much of it is like, that's just how I interpreted that way because I can't remember all of the details. Um, but I definitely had some of this through, again, like really directly hurtful words that were said to me. Um, but I definitely had this, this story in this fear of like, I'm stupid, I'm not smart enough. And I spent a lot of years trying to hide that and trying to fake, fake this. Um, one of the things that helped me with that, and one of the things I've, I've, some of my clients have found helpful is the theory of multiple intelligences. And it, instead of, looking at it like people are split into smart and not smart it breaks it up into i think it's it used to be seven maybe it's eight now types of intelligences that people can have and some of them are like mathematical abstract intelligence some of it's like visual spatial intelligence some of it's musical some of it's intrapersonal intelligence interpersonal intelligence and this is one of those um cognitive distortions like this all or nothing mm. like i'm smart or i'm not smart it's like no actually the accurate truth is these are areas where i have higher intelligence these are areas where it's lower and that's true for everybody like this isn't this this black or white sort of thinking but being able to look at it and um and, you know i did this you know with my kids where my my abstract mathematical intelligence is very very high my visual spatial is very, very low. But one of my daughters, like my daughter who's an artist, her visual spatial is really, really high and her mathematical abstract is is quite low. And so we were looking, it's like, yeah, so I've got this one and not this one, you've got this one, and not this one. And that means that if we're working on math, yeah, it's gonna be easier for me. But if we're trying to figure out what this thing looks like from the back, I got nothing. And you're <laughs> You're going to sort it out and that neither one is more valuable than the other. One shows up on standardized testing and mm. one doesn't, but that those just aren't as much. But I had to get out of this idea of failing and, and being willing to engage in things that I'm not naturally good at and then managing my mind through it when it tries to tell me that this means I'm stupid has yeah. been, I would say that's still in process. Yeah, sure. I'm not there. I'm like on the journey of wherever I'm supposed to be. I'm like, we've made progress. I'm still not quite ready to do a lot of things. But I was just thinking, I was thinking this week of this being a thing that is is part of my growth. I'm like, I kind of want to pick a thing 
that I'm not good at and go do some some learning that you want to be good at or not I'm like I also <laughs> pick something I'm bad at and don't care about and don't care about at. being good at like be, the point being like just doing it and not needing to be good at it and not making it mean anything um I remember back in the day you did like a stand-up comedy class and I got to come watch you yeah. But thank you so much for coming and supporting me in that. Oh, that my was goodness. Fun. It was so terrifying and fun. And I remember just thinking, like, how brave you were. And in that moment, realizing at that time, was it the last episode we talked about, like, avoiding? I could not have regulated myself through an experience like that. Like, that would have been so far outside yeah. of it. I would have probably thrown up and not slept for a month. <laughs> and, like, like, I genuinely there were so many things that were like not in place. Like I could, I could not have actually done that in a way that was even reasonably healthy or empowering at the time. Yeah. But however many years later this is now, a lot of years like later, six years, six years later, I was like, I could do it today. And wow, I would, and today, nice. today I would have, like when I think about it, I'm like, oh, okay, I get energy, Wow. but it's not freeze energy. Like, it's not like a, I can't do it. Um, anyway, so I don't know if it'll be that. I think but you tough it and I are going to be heading to an open mic near us oh, sometime my soon. I'm going to tag you on this one, tough it schmelsley. Tough it schmelsley. Let's go do some <laughs> stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. And somewhere in the middle of all that, I thought about Tamlin, uh -huh. who did notice that about Thayra, because he's like, oh, oh, you can't read and write. Well, no wonder you've become so adept at other areas. Mm -hmm. He recognized that it's like, oh, oh look at you him. have multiple intelligences happening right. here. Right, where it's, yeah, it's not, it's, there's not just like this one thing. But she's obviously brilliant at other mm -hmm. things, which she mm -hmm. never thinks about. Yeah. She's but, a genius hunter. Yeah, but one of the, um, I teach, one of the things I'm teaching in my um, my other coaching group this month is on being able to recognize and um, challenge cognitive distortions. And this idea of like all or nothing thinking, like labeling, like the idea of like I'm smart or I'm not smart. Mm -hmm. Like that is, it's so, it's so, so, so unhelpful. And for a lot of things when people, when people's brains go to all or nothing black or white, a tool is like on a scale of one to a hundred. You know, mm -hmm. it's like we did an event today. And if our goal for the event was to try to be like either was a success or a failure, that's that's really hard. But the idea of being able to say these four things went well, these two things could use improvement is so much more accurate and takes the emotional charge out of it. But yeah. any sort of space where we can, when the brain wants to go to like it's this or it's this, I have like a whole, whole tool. I'm like, okay, nope, scale of one to 100. Give it a percentage. Give it a the what went well like what didn't list and like forcing my brain to think in shades of gray yeah. keeps me out of that space and the wheel of life even for that you know like there's all these different aspects and some yeah. of them are going really well and yeah some are that oh, yeah where there's the, instead of being like my look missing from the wheel yeah instead of being like <laughs> my love life is a total disaster to be like on a scale of one to ten i give it a four Right, because it's like, is it really a zero? Like, because yeah. because honestly, on a scale of one to ten, a two is different than a one. A three yeah. is different than a one. And to be able to say like, okay, some of these things are going well, but this was how I started my self love journey. Like, cause the idea of <laughs> unconditional self love, I'm like, I'm confused. 
I don't like my brain can't. That's such a far jump from mm. thinking that's like I hate everything about myself to like I love everything about myself. Like no matter what, I'm like I cannot even get on board with that. My first teeny tiny baby step towards self love wasn't even a positive thought. It was a less negative one. Yeah. Instead of I hate everything about myself, I was like, can I be more accurate? most things right myself. <laughs> it was kind of that it was like it's like okay well most things but like not all and i challenged myself i'm like is there one thing that i don't hate and i was like okay and like it was like stuff where i'm like well my hair's not too greasy i guess that's okay you know and, and I like, like really good chocolate chip bars all yeah. right you know, things. my hair's not greasy. I make good bars. Yeah, and you, and different things. I'm like, well, you know, I know I have, I have like deep nail beds. I know some people don't have that, and that's like annoying to them. I guess that's better. <laughs> deep nail beds, right? Like, like, or like my nails aren't brittle. Like, it was honestly like the most like silly things. But I'm like, okay, I don't hate that. I'm like, I don't hate my fingernails. <laughs> there you go. Start with the little things. But it was more accurate because that yeah. like that all or nothing. Like, I love myself completely or I don't. I'm like, I'm like, okay, can I actually just say something that is more accurate here that's a shade of gray? And it's so, mm. so, so, so helpful, whether it's self-love, whether it's smart, not smart. Anytime we go into that all or nothing black or white thinking, we end up in a space of emotional reasoning where like, because it feels true, we assume it is true. And when we force ourselves to be clinical and accurate, sometimes it's, it's not this... And that's the way I'm teaching it in my group. I'm like, this isn't the deep work. This isn't like the deep shift. This is just, can we get out of like the surface level cognitive distortions to even have the freedom and openness to do the deep work? But we can't even get there if our brain's like, yeah, no, but it's this, but it's black or white. It's like, nope, okay, step one, can we get into shades of gray? Okay, then we can go beneath and we can do the, the, the deeper layers. Um, yeah. But all that to say, when we are in that black and white, that thing, the ability to do what Feyre did here, which is recognize there is information that I don't have and I'm willing to go get it. A lot of times we aren't brave enough to go there. We are not brave enough to seek out information that we don't have. We're not brave enough to seek out learning. We're not brave enough to seek out the growth that we need to evolve into the next version of ourselves. if we're busy trying to decide which category does it put me in. Does this mean I'm enough or not enough? Does this mean I'm okay or I'm not okay? Does this mean that I'm right or I'm wrong? Does this mean that I'm smart or not smart? The black and white thinking in itself prevents the forward action that we need mm. to yeah. gain that next piece. That makes sense. Gotta be in the gray. Shades of gray. Okay. Tangents. Um, so... The biggest information that we get that's like really about our story and moving things forward is that from the serial, she learns that Tamlin is High Lord. Mm -hmm. He's not just not just a Lord. Just a Lord. High Lord of the Spring Court. And I love this like click, click, click of the nails. Click, click, click. Yeah. You did not know. Interesting. Mm, interesting. <laughs> not just some petty fairy lord of a manor, but but a high lord, one of the seven of one of the seven territories. So that is really good. That is um, significant information for her that she did not know. Then there was a bunch of other stuff here about like Highburn and like the history. And I have to say, like the first time that I read this, I think I didn't really 
glog a lot of it. I'm like, okay, something about Highburn, whatever. Yeah. Like, there was no context you for can't, it. can't, exactly. You don't know who these people are. You don't know where these places are. And then on rereads, you're like, oh, oh okay, we learned was, a lot there. That was a lot of But none of it meant stuff. anything. So I didn't no. actually learn anything there. <laughs> and I'm always that person. I'm like, when do we get to the kissing? I don't care. <laughs> Where's the smut? Damn it. <laughs> You said these were steamy. <laughs> I'm like, when do we get back to like us talking and having awkward moments and like significant long looks? I'm yes. like, I don't care about some island across the sea or the history yeah. of this thing. Boring. Um, so I will say, like the first time I read this, I um, when I reread it the second time, I'm like, oh, they told us a lot right there that I missed the entire first read because I was just like, does. my brain just filters. Don't care about this. Don't care about this. Where's the yeah. part that's interesting? Um, so I do. So we now we know she needs to stay with the High Lord. That's stay with all the high she can Lord. do. You'll be safe. And then I am sure she hated this part because I hate this part. Do not interfere. Do not go looking for answers after today, or you will be devoured by the shadow over Prithian. He will shield you from it. So stay close to him, and all will be right. Which is of course the last thing she wants to do. I mean, she's warming up to him, but still, all she wanted to do was get away from him in the beginning, and now all she can do is stay close to she's him. Nice. So. Stay with him. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of asking her to take a really like passive thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's the hero. Just stay there and be quiet. You know, I'm like, I get why this might rub you the wrong way yeah. a little bit um, in terms of how all that look. Okay. So end of chapter 14. Uh-oh. Naga. It's getting worse. Naga shows up. the cereal was creepy. And okay. So chapter 15 is we have the Naga attack. Um, like bully monsters, she's outnumbered. Yeah, this is this is quite quite the scene here. Um, um, and I love that you know she she chooses to free the cereal. Like she does not she does not as much as it's like he was creepy. He was he was kind of scary. She she freed him and runs and definitely has a moment of like this is the end. She <laughs> she falls. I'm going to die. Not like this, not like this, not like this. And then... Enter Tamlin. Hi, Lord. Hi, Lord. Hi, Lord. <laughs> which is totally different. Like, when you see his... Like, when she's seeing him, his power and seeing him shredding things. Which she had already had this thing before of, like, wait, I'm not allowed to look at the bogey. And he went and just... And did this. It, yeah. And now she's, she's seeing it and actually understanding this. Um watching him devour these things okay and she's really shaken but he's mm -hmm. gentle okay so like he comes to her wrath fades from his eyes claws slips back into the skin but she's like but she can still hear the roar, roar um yeah but they they have a moment here where he's he's gentle he understands that she's she's shaken um and he takes he takes care of her he he Puts his tunic over her own. Um, really kind of takes care of her here. These, these are some good Tamlin moments for, for mm -hmm. me here. Some pretty good Tamlin moments. Um, but for her, the, the next part for me that was really, really significant was the top of 137 where she said, I wanted to tell him how much that meant. That the High Lord of the Spring Court thought I was worth, worth saving. Yeah. But I couldn't quite find the words. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, and that I don't know. I I thought about that so much with because here's the thing: she she always was worth saving. Like her, that was never in question. 
but it was it was for her once for her mm -hmm. and the fact that the person who questioned that questioned the worthiness and found her worthy was not just a lord but a high lord the high lord of the territory she's now in that for her is that that's what she needed it feels significant yeah yeah and so here's here's an interesting thing like i when it comes to things like our like understanding our worth and our value i do think it is important that we take responsibility for that that we're not waiting for somebody else to step in and and teach us that or do that work for us like we need to do it ourselves and you know like whenever i was first starting coaching um and i had so much like imposter syndrome which i still have now as well um <laughs> and my brain goes to like you're terrible but you know you're terrible at this like you you shouldn't be doing this like who do you think you are like whenever i have those thoughts i for the longest time had um a collection of positive things that had been said like when somebody sent me a testimony of like today's session like shifted everything like thank you for this like and i would get messages from people when they would finish up their time coaching with me about how transformed their lives were how helpful it was um you know i couldn't have done this without you i i, I put them all together in one place and whenever i had those moments where my brain saying like you're terrible at this like you can't help anybody i could go back and like but i have yeah. and so in that way i made sure that i was taking responsibility for that that i wasn't just waiting to be like well if nobody says anything positive about me today i'm going to feel insecure and if somebody does then i'll feel insecure where i was waiting you know and giving responsibility to that outside of myself so one I took responsibility for cultivating those beliefs within myself. Um, and I think that it's important that we all do that. Um, but on an, on less of a mindset note and more of a nervous system note, there's a thing that I've been learning over the last few years, and I'm going to say it kind of pisses me off. Like, I wish it wasn't the case. Um, because I sometimes feel safe or feel unsafe around other humans, um, I am always driven to isolate and do things on my own. Like I being vulnerable with other people is not my favorite. And, you know, when I'm learning tools about self-regulating the nervous system, like these are the things that you can do. I'm like, yes, yes, I can do this. I'm always drawn to what can I do on my own? But the research that I've come across is that you have to co-regulate before mm -hmm. you can self-regulate that mm. part of healing from trauma and like what it's showing is being safe with another person and feeling safe with another person is an absolute absolutely essential part of trauma healing wow that makes sense i've never heard that but that like when i read about that i'm like so i can't do it 100 percent by myself damn it <laughs> <laughs> I was so frustrated by that, but, but which the, the fact that I had such a strong reaction to that, right. Was, yeah. was such an indication of where I needed healing. And since I've learned that, you know, I've, I've had to take more steps to being with other people and being more authentically myself and then watching it be okay. Because my brain, again, that all or nothing thinking is like, no, no, no. If you show yourself, you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt. They're going to be mean. They're not going to like you. Everyone's going to hate this. And it's taken actually just showing up and doing it in increments in spaces where it's safe and being like, oh, yeah, they were nice. Okay. They received me well. 
right, okay, these are safe people and teaching myself that nervous system safety. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, so it's a balance and it's a mix. I'm like, on the one hand, like taking responsibility for, you know, our sense of worthiness and value and understanding that there is, there's a measure of this that is our responsibility. Like, are we doing the work to wire in this kind of thinking into our brain? Are we doing the work to examine memories that feel like evidence and do the work of mm. reconceptualizing it like on a regular basis and there's so much of that we can do ourselves and also as much as like it is our responsibility part of it still our responsibility is pursuing and finding safe relationships where we can practice co-regulating otherwise we don't actually get there mm. damn it damn it <laughs> don't want that to be the answer and when i read that and i like i like cross-referenced multiple sources i'm like is this what what everybody's wrong and like they were all saying the same thing and i was like i don't like this this is not what i want um anyway so but understanding and i and i think understanding that that's that that is what it supports and um that being strong doesn't mean always going it alone Mm-hmm. And like really recognizing that there are certain things where like that's not even helpful. Like that that was that I can do it myself mentality was actually limiting my healing in a number of spaces, right? Like I had so much, it was, you know, with part of my healing journey with my chronic illness and part of the thing I had a lot of like probably unhealthy pride over was like, oh yeah, like a lot of this wasn't doctors. Like I did it myself. No. And then looking back, I'm like, well, yeah, I did, but it probably took three years longer than it needed to. And a lot of that was just because I couldn't afford good doctors. Like, like really, the truth is part of the reason that I did it myself was because I needed to because we could not, we'd already spent, you know, I forget how many thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on experimental treatment and the money had run out and like I couldn't work. And so I was sort of forced to do a lot of it myself. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, if I'd had money for neurofeedback, a biofeedback machine, if I could have got mm. weekly massages, if I'd gone to therapy, if I'd gone to this, if I'd had a really great holistic doctor, I'm like, if I'd had 10K a month to like jump into yes. all of these things with a like dedicated, amazing team of people, that would have been fantastic. And I had to go back and rework that as a, okay, I'm proud of myself for having grit and doing what I needed to do when there wasn't another option, but that's different from this was somehow a better way. (laughs) It was the safer way for me. Doing it myself means that nobody has to see the areas where, just like Feyre, like, I don't want you to see these Mm -hmm. bits of me. And if we isolate, we can guarantee that people don't see it. But just like Feyre, again, I really resonated with this. I'm like, can I, can I channel a bit of this, this energy of like having the bravery to go and seek out those things? Um, Yeah. But anyways, but thank you. But like this part, this part of her really recognizing and having that moment of seeing herself as worth saving and understanding that somebody else thought she was worth saving and how significant that was. Um, and again, another one of those things with our friendship. Like when I have days when I'm like, I'm a piece of shit and nobody loves me. And I'm like, and I'm like, nobody loves me. I'm like, Amanda loves me. I love you. <laughs> I love you. And there is so much value in understanding like 
but I have to make I have to make lists of these things for myself, guys. Mm -hmm. Like I have to, I have to actively watch my brain say nobody, and stop and question it. Like nobody, really nobody, even one, and then like my brain's like a petulant toddler. It's like okay, maybe one. I'm like more than one. Okay, well maybe two or three, <laughs> and maybe my dog, and definitely my dog. <laughs> oh my dog. Um, but it's good. There, there's. I don't want to be a person, again, that relies on people outside of myself to feel a sense of worth. But yeah. dang it, if it's not helpful, so helpful to have people in the world who see it. So yeah. I love that Feyre is starting to get this on her journey and how this is going to, this is part of her shifting towards getting out. This is kind of one of our first shifts towards her shifting out of this narrative of insignificant human to worth saving. Hmm. 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 Well then, thank you for joining us today on A Court of Transformation and Awakening. We would like to invite you to join us on ACOTA, A-C-O-T-A-A dot circle dot S-O, where you will find our whole community full of podcasts and fan chats and now we're starting to get fan art because we're getting past some of the spoilers <laughs> so many spoilers you guys there's so much fun stuff that we just can't tell you about yet so keep reading and keep watching and keep joining us at echota.circle.so we'll see you there bye, bye friends <laughs>